Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Melanie C. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, April 12th, 2017, and this is a 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting of a Vision for You. Today we are reading from the Big Book, and we are on page 25, paragraph 2, for context only. But our focus discussion will be on page 567 and 5. 68, which is a spiritual experience, Appendix 2. Today's readers are The Twelve Steps, Gina R., The Twelve Traditions, Penny L.C., and reading the text today for us is Mary H. and Rocky I. The previous share numbers, reference numbers rather, for yesterday, which would be Tuesday, April 11th, for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 9822-9822. And for this morning, 7 a.m. Meeting, April 12th, it's 9826-9826. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive eating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery to the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Gina R. to please read the 12 steps. Star 1, Gina R. I am so sorry, but my, um, what page is it on? <clears throat> um, I can read that real quickly. I'm not real sure what page. And Thank I'm you. I, yeah, I, book, so I'll, t- I'll t- take care from you right here. No problem. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And that 
I pass. Thank you so much. Um, I will now ask Penny L.C. to read the 12 Traditions. Good morning, Melanie, and everyone on the line. This is Penny L.C., Grateful Recovered, Compulsive Overeater from the State of Washington. The 12 Traditions are, one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive eater who still suffers. Six, an an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for your service, Melanie, and I pass. Thank you, Penny Elsie. Appreciate it. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to remute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the one speaking, should be muted, and that does include muting your phone on your own silencing mode because it still interferes electronically. Thank you so much for that. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 25, paragraph 2, for context only. And then we're going to jump ahead because of the asterisks to page 567 and read about the spiritual experience. And I will ask now Mary H. to begin our study this morning by reading those places. Good morning, Melanie. This is Mary H., a recovered compulsive overeater in Northern California. Okay, the great fact is just this, and nothing less, that we have had deep and effective spiritual experiences which have revolutionized our whole attitude toward life, toward our fellows, and toward God's universe. 
The central fact of our lives today is the absolute certainty that our Creator has entered into our hearts and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. He has commenced to accomplish those things for us which we could never do by ourselves. So since there is an asterisk in that sentence, and at the bottom it says, Fully explained Appendix 2. I'm going to turn to page 567. Appendix 2, Spiritual Experience. The terms spiritual experience and spiritual awakening are used many times in this book, which, upon careful reading, shows that the personality change sufficient to bring about recovery from alcoholism has manifested itself among us in many different forms. Yet it is true that our first printing gave many readers the impression that their personality changes or religious experiences must be in the nature of sudden and spectacular upheavals. Happily for everyone, this conclusion is erroneous. In the first few chapters, a number of sudden revolutionary changes are described. Though it was not our intention to create such an impression, many alcoholics have nevertheless concluded that in order to recover, they must acquire an immediate and overwhelming God consciousness, followed at once by a vast change in feeling and outlook. Among our rapidly growing membership of thousands of alcoholics, such transformations, though frequent, are by no means the rule. Most of our experiences are what the psychologist William James calls the educational variety because they develop slowly over a period of time. Quite often, friends of the newcomer are aware of the differences long before he is himself. He finally realizes that he has undergone a profound alteration in his reaction to life that such a change could hardly have been brought about by himself alone. What often takes place in a few months could seldom have been accomplished by years of self-discipline. With few exceptions, our members find that they have tapped an unsuspected inner resource which they presently identify with their own conception of a power greater than themselves. Most of us think this awareness of a power greater than ourselves is the essence of spiritual experience. Our more religious members call it God consciousness. Most emphatically, we wish to say that any alcoholic capable of honestly facing his problems in the light of our experience can recover, provided he does not close his mind to all spiritual concepts. He can only be defeated by an attitude of intolerance or belligerent denial. We find that no one need have difficulty with the spirituality of the program. Willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness are the essentials of recovery, but they are indispensable. And then in quotes we have, there is a principle which is bar against all information, which is proof against all argument." and which cannot fail to keep a man in everlasting ignorance, that principle is contempt prior to investigation by Herbert Spencer. Woo! Oh, wow. Okay, so I'm going to just set my timer and comment just a little bit. First of all, I'm thinking about, of course, it's just um, so important to learn that we don't have to have that sudden 
and um, what are the words? Well, that sudden spiritual experience because I'm very guarded and grew up in a time where there were lots of cults. And my family, even my brother was in a cult for a while and taken out. So I was very, very careful not to be persuaded, um, you know, to really think about what was happening. And even when I went came into OA, I was like, hold on, hold on, what's this entire psychic change? Okay, maybe you're not asking me for all my money, but I'm, you know, slow down a little bit. And um, so that was my experience. I needed it to be slow. And, but I still had these sudden realizations at the same time. And um, so, and, and I also think it's important that people that do have those sudden and overwhelming experiences know that those are okay too, and those happen, because that would scare me if that happened, and it's good to know that that's, that's normal and uh, also part of many people's experiences. And the last part that I want to comment on is that, that quote at the bottom, um, you know, the principle of contempt prior to investigation. I used this when I was being guided through the book. Um, I had been in OA for a while and wasn't um, completely sure that this could, that I could really put down the food for good. I thought, yeah, okay, well, I'll try this big book way and, you know, we'll see if it works. All these people say it works, but I don't know. Um, but I I looked at this this quote and I said, okay, well, before I make a judgment, which obviously I kind of already have, I'm going to put myself into this 100%. I'm going to do everything this big book guide tells me to do the best of my ability, and then I'll make a judgment, and then I'll tell her how it doesn't work. And um, so that really helped me get through the steps um, this big book way in a short period of time said I could, I could do this hundred percent. And, uh, yeah, now I can tell her that, yeah, it does work. And, uh, I'm really happy it did. So I think with that, I will pass. Thank you, Mary H. Now we'll open it up for a discussion on page 567, 568 of the fourth edition, the spiritual experience who would like to discuss that particular passage. I'm Jamie B. Jamie B. Gina R. Kathleen O. Kathleen O. Sharon H. Sharon H. Who else? Penny L.C. I'm sorry? Oh, Penny L.C. I got you now. Who else? Anybody else? Did I miss anybody? I have Jamie B. Gina R. Kathleen O, Sharon H, and Penny L C. Did I miss anyone? Christina okay, J. Like Christina J. Sounds like a good list. Let's go with that. Jamie B, you'll be first. Thank you. I'm Jamie. I'm a uh, recovered compulsive eater. And um, I just wanted to say, I don't hear very often on these meetings, but, you know, hearing about the spiritual experience is one of my favorites. All of it's my favorite, but I have to be honest about this. You know, it's such an emotional thing um, when the experience, when the spiritual experience happened for me. Um, it was slowly over time, and in fact, you know, a lot of my sponsors will ask me, "Well, what was it like for you?" And I can honestly say it hasn't been a thunderbolt 
um, there were times when, wow, there were certain days when it was like, it felt like a thunderbolt because I would literally just be crying. I was very emotional um, on certain days, and I thought it, I was crazy. I didn't know why, but it was, I think it was because I was really finally getting this, and food wasn't uh, my number one focus. And today, I when I look at the spiritual experience, the, the best way to describe it for me is every day that I choose my higher power over the decision to make up food, I'm having a spiritual experience because I can't have both. Uh, somebody, a friend of mine said that so eloquently. I can't have both. If I'm in the food, I'm nowhere going to be near my higher power. And a spiritual experience can't happen. So I work these steps every day to stay connected. And is every day perfect? Absolutely not. Yesterday, people were blinking too loud. So, But I have a program, and I know that when I'm feeling irritable and discontent with people, places, and things, I know today that I have a program. That's part of my spiritual experience, and I don't have to give in. I didn't even think of food. Food was not even something that came to my mind. But I got quiet. I got with God. I talked it out, and it was a new day, and a new day is here. And every day I keep that food down, I'm having a spiritual experience. So I'm very grateful uh, to be on this line, and thanks for letting me share. Thank you. Thank you, Jamie B. Gina R., you're next. Thank you so much, Melanie C., for your service and everybody else and for um, backing up the backup person. Um, this is Gina R., gratefully recovered in Colorado. And um, just what happened just a minute ago is, for me, an actual barometer of what this program is doing for me. And if I had told somebody that I was going to do something and then just literally seconds later, I wasn't able to do it for whatever reason, I would have been consumed and filled with a shame-based perspective. There's something wrong with me. Why did they even ask me? Don't they know who I really am and that I can't get anything done correctly and that isn't what happened and it's because of the spiritual experience I have had I have had um, many what I call flashes in the pan where it's in a very intense experience over the course of my life but until I was able to get into this program and understand that I needed to put down my alcoholic foods and my alcoholic behaviors around the foods and around my thoughts, that I was not going to be an open vessel for the full educational variety of this experience. And by getting the food down, putting my nose in this book, locking arms with you, and doing this imperfectly, but I'm attempting to do it impeccably, I was able to have an experience just a couple minutes ago that was amazing. I didn't have to go to that shame-based place and think, oh, my God, Melanie's going to um, never ask me to do this again and how stupid I am, you know, blah, blah, blah. No, it was the facts were my phone dropped. I had to call back in. As soon as I called back in, she was asking me. I was flummoxed. I wasn't where I needed to be, and I just asked the question, and then it went on. That 
may seem so small to some people, but that is an example of how I had done my life for so long, not being able to live up to not only your expectations, but my in unattainable expectations. And so I am just so grateful for this program. I'm grateful for the continued educational variety of the spiritual experience that we get every morning on this phone and when we do our face-to-face, when we do our sponsoring. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Gina R. Kathleen W. I'm sorry, Kathleen O. Good morning, Melanie. Thank you. This is Kathleen O., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Northern California. And so grateful to be on this line this morning and hear all this um, just these amazing things. Um, you know, I came into I, I it's it's interesting because I'll I'll sit in meetings and or I'll listen on these phone lines and every now and then I hear someone who's in their in their early 20s who's recovered, and I think oh gosh I wish I had you know done this in my 20s and you know God's little joke on me was oh remember Kathleen you did come into an OA meeting in your early 20s. And I had, I fit right into that sentence. He can only be defeated by an attitude of intolerance or belligerent denial. I went into that meeting and I thought, oh, this is nonsense. What's this God stuff? And I didn't even stay for the whole meeting. I left at a break. And, you know, I had my opportunity. The door was open and I turned around and walked off and spent, you know, decades after that because I didn't, I didn't get recovery until my early 50s when I came back. And and, you know, it's sort of like, um, it's sort of like jumping in a pool and saying, oh, I can't swim and getting out and never, never trying to swim again, never setting, you know, a toe in a pool again, because, oh, that doesn't work for me. I can't swim. I did it. It didn't work. You know, um, I never gave it a chance. And so I was very desperate when I came in, um, you know, just tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired. And so my, my spiritual um, awakening, it was, it was, it did develop slowly over time and it continues to develop. Um, it continues to develop. It, you know, it is contingent on, on working these steps on a daily basis. And, and that personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. Personality change is really what I've, it's, it's interesting because I focus on that today. Um, wonderful things happen when I focus on that. You know, I can live without living in fear. I can, you know, approach things um, with love and kindness and tolerance. And, and it's really interesting because at the end of the day, I'll take my inventory and, you know, I still, I still have resentments, you know, sometimes and, and those things come up, but I realize at the end of the day, oh my gosh, you know, I went through the whole day and I don't think of this often, but every now and then it kind of strikes me, you know, I'm not focusing on food anymore. I just eat, eat my weight and measured meals and I'm happily content with that. I can go places and not be crazy about food. And that's just kind of the icing on the cake. Um, the real part of this is, you know, just the recovery. And, and all it takes is picking up a spiritual toolkit um, and, you know, being God-centered instead of self-centered. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Kathleen O. Sharon H., you're up next, and then Penny L.C. Oh, uh, thank you, Melanie. This is Sharon H., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Colorado. Can you hear me okay? I can. Okay, great. Um, you know what I love about this spiritual experience, and I was uh, just going through this uh, the other day with someone doing step work, 
And, um, you know, I always wanted to be the spectacular. I wanted to be the star. I wanted to be the one that stood out. I wanted, I just had such a craving for admiration and uh, appreciation. I mean, from, from a young girl, I was fascinated with celebrities and all of that. And uh, so I am um, so appreciative of this chapter that clarifies or this little reading spiritual experience that most of us have you know that educational variety slowly but surely we begin to see what we could not see before and that certainly has been my experience uh, in regards to my um, recovery from the food addiction and all of its devastating consequences and um, so I'm so grateful today that that uh, I have this opportunity to read this again and see how important it is to um, allow God to do his work in and through me and, um, and, and in his timing and at his rate of speed. <laughs> and also, um, I don't ever want to forget, and I hear this often in one of the meetings I go to, is that I am a slow learner, and today I know that about myself, and I also am a quick forgetter. So that's why I must, be, must continue to come to the truth and then to live by God's grace, asking humbly for that grace to live and practice these principles of truth in my life on a daily basis. So I welcome everyone out on the line, whether you're new or an old-timer like me, whatever. This program does work if we're willing to work it one day at a time. Um, thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Sharon H. And those that are just coming on to join us, we are studying today, and our focused discussion is on page 567, 568 of the fourth edition, The Spiritual Experience. Penny Elsie, would you share with us, please? Yes, thank you, Melanie. Good morning, and, and to everyone on the line. Um, spiritual experience. So this is another element. It's not my physical experience. It's not my mental or emotional. It's my spiritual experience. And how, you know, it, how is it going to come about? Whether it's an awakening or an immediate uh, experience as it's described here, it's going to be a change. A change to me to my personality. And when we first were reading in this book, and it talks about the sudden changes that we both, that we heard about at first, you know, Bill's story and Ebby's story. And, and you know, we were, we were led to believe it was just an amazing occurrence and, and maybe only to happen to a few fortunate ones. But this helps us to see that it can happen to all of us. All it takes is, a, is, is, a, is that change, that transformation, that alteration. There's only one thing, is that it can't happen on my power. I can't make this happen. It says right here, such a change could hardly have been brought about by himself alone. You know, it's not going to come for me. It's going to come from the grace of my higher power. And that grace is what um, allows it to come in whatever form it needs to come for each of us individually, whether it's sudden or whether it's gradual. But the, but the main thing is that there is a promise here. 
that promises that if we are willing and honest and open-minded to look at another way, another way of doing life, another way of experiencing the world around us, if we're willing to adopt a God consciousness and God awareness, we can recover. And the only requirement is that little bit of belief, just allowing that that door to, to just go a little bit cracked open that we, some of us used to hold tight shut. And those of us that have been seeking and seeking and seeking, it's the letting go. It's that letting go and being open to being guided by a force outside of ourselves and adopting that power. This is what's life-changing. And it's available to all of us. And I am so grateful that I found it and that it, that, that it happened to me. And it can happen for all of us. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Penny LC. And right after Christina J. shares, we'll pause for a brief moment for a convention promo. Christina J., you're next to share. Hi, everyone. It's Christina J., a recovering compulsive overeater. And wow, great shares this morning, really in-depth stuff. Thank you, everyone. Well, spiritual experiences. I've had them since I was a kid. Big boom, thunderbolts. But then I'd fall back into my irritable, restless discontent. Had no way to handle life. And so I'd have these highs and these extreme lows, and uh, food was, um, you know, became my friend from an early age. And over-exercising, and then diets. Diets started to not work after a certain amount of time, and so on and so forth. I kept on the exercising, and I uh, kept on uh, in between moderate eating, you know, trying to get healthy again. And finally, that didn't work, and found myself face down in the food for months on end, and uh, we all have, or many of us have, this story. So when I did, when I finally found vision, um, this sort of routine continued. I um, had a great kind of awakening relief after my fourth and fifth and sixth step, eighth, ninth. But I failed to enlarge my spiritual life, failed to take it in into daily tools with 10 and 11. I started doing 12, but not 10 and 11. So um, I would continue to have these highs and get back on track, like John Kay, 14 years, he was struggling, and he'd get back on track, and I thought, well, I can do this again, I can get back on track, I can find my absence again, and I would, but I was failing to enlarge my spiritual life, um, and um, recently I've just come back, and I've had eight days of abstinence, and I've gone really deeper into the program, and... I'm starting to undergo that profound altercation in my reaction to life. And Sunday, a Saturday night was a was a great experience, of a true spiritual experience for me. So I had an award show to go to. I was up for an award. Someone spoke earlier about, you know, celebrities. I'm kind of a celebrity in my world of singing and all this. And um, I didn't win the award. <laughs> and normally I would have been flat, you know, down inside. And instead I knew it was God's will. And that, for me was the biggest spiritual experience of my life because I lived by getting awards, by getting that outside, um, you know, verification. But I know that God is my verification today. And 
I have the big booms. I cry when I have my heart open to God, and it's wonderful. But then I, I still have irritable, restless, and discontent. I fall back down. And unless I'm working the tools and the steps every day, I won't have those. I'll, I'll slowly fall deeper and deeper. And I might still have big booms, but unless I will not have that leveling of my life, I won't, you know, I won't have that calm and peaceful place, and I will not you know, want to go to the tools. I won't want to pick up the phone. I want to go back to that over-exercising and, and um, trying to get back to healthy eating and blah, 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 and the game will continue. So I'm very grateful for um, what this big book offers. And without, without it and without my relapses, I wouldn't have never seen what I was truly doing with the program, which was taking what I wanted and leaving the rest, which is, does not work, as we all know. So thank you, God, that I was able to stay level and peaceful and know that whatever happens in my life is God. If I'm in fear, I'm not trusting. I'm only trusting myself. And I have a lot of fear. <laughs> but now I have God and my spiritual experiences and all of you and the stories and the program and the steps. So thank you very much for being here, and I'll pass. Thank you, Christina J. And before we open it up for additional comments on that reading, our fellowship is proud to be able to announce a convention promo. A Vision for You presents the power of the big book. It's going to be a weekend of education, inspiration, motivation, and fellowship. Please join us September 15th through the 17th, 2017 at the Liberty International Airport Marriott in northern New Jersey. It'll be a weekend filled with about a thousand of your closest fellows, sisters and brothers in recovery. For more information, please check this out on our website at www.avisionforyou.info and check out the community bulletin board for additional information too for your needs. So let's return now to our discussion on page 567. Who would like to share? And it looks like we might have time for about six, maybe seven people. Sylvia. Deborah P. Sherry K. Jody. Sharon Jody. Jody, I got Sherry. Thanks, Jody. EQ, and then I heard Deborah P. Lauren, Wendy, and Wendy. Maybe I that would be number seven for Wendy. Um, and time if time allows, we'll get to that one too. Thank you so much. So what I have is Sylvia F, Deborah P. I have Sherry KB, Jody EQ, Deborah. Is there another Deborah P, or did I hear? Only one, Deborah, and made it twice. I'm not sure. And then Lauren, and then Wendy. So let's start with Sylvia F. Good morning, Sylvia. Good morning, Melanie. Thank you for your service, and thank you, everybody, for being here with me this morning. This is Sylvia F., a recovered compulsive overeater in California. And um, and I realized I didn't set my timer, and I'll, I will do this as, as I'm speaking. The thing that... Um, is so important about that reading for me is that I came into program and I came in willing and desperate. I had not been raised with a, with a God or a church or, and um, I'd had some envy about it in my lifetime, but I didn't know anything about it. And I came in desperate enough that I came in willing, but I didn't know how to get it. And I, I had talked about that yesterday. And so um, what I found is that I can't have the recovery. I can't have the promise without this part. That's my experience. And so, you know, people would tell me to pray and people would tell me to, you know, get on your knees and 
and and that's all fine and good but for me if it was simple prayer that would get me to god then the world would be a different place because i would have gone to church and i would have found god and god would have directed me and i would have gotten recovered and my food would have been in the right place and so for me how i find that spiritual experience how i found it and how i find it is by applying the steps on a daily basis and so i can get um i can get drift away from god or i can find god and the way it feels like to me is having this a spiritual experience it for me it's the same thing as my commitment like to go to the gym if i get in there and i haven't been going to the gym and i try and pick up a 40 pound weight five find or 100 pound weight i i'm not going to be able to do it and so you know i'm i'm just going in there and repetitively you know lifting smaller weights until i can do it a little bit better and i can get a little bit more weight and a little bit more comfortable and pretty soon i don't have to think about what i'm doing and then and then i have to reach out and do a little bit more that's what this spiritual program feels like to me is that a repetition through the steps and where i can find that connection on a daily basis and um as someone you know still if, if i hear someone say you know oh go pray or get on your knees that to me is not sufficient for a spiritual experience it is the work on a daily basis that is the that is the path towards getting the spiritual experience that i do that i do have on a daily basis and when i don't the beauty of it is is i know the path back am i willing to do it and yes right now one day at a time i am and that's what i've got thank you so much for letting me share i pass thank you thank you sylvia and f deborah p hi this is deborah p recovering um recovering overeater in san diego um can you hear me i can okay um so yeah i mean i love this part i when i first came in i came in through another program actually and when i first came in i was sort of like wow this is almost like a cult like i didn't know what was going on i mean people were like this is magical and you know one woman said i come here and i feel bathed in sanity and um i was like whoa these people like must be smoking something but um but i was desperate and i continued to come back and um and i did have a higher power when i first came in and you know at one point someone said well i'll be your sponsor i was like okay you know i'll just i'll try it but i still was just like it's a little bit weird i wasn't i didn't know what was going on and um and when i was walking away from my when my friend said yeah i'll be your sponsor um i looked at i have like this daily devotional thing i and and i looked i said okay god you know what's going on what is this thing and i opened it said you will know the truth and the truth will set you free and you know i think i think that's a lot of the essence of this program or that sort of spiritual awakening um you know i went i started doing the steps and i would say on the fourth step was when i was just like okay now i see like the miracles and what's happening and um you know 
you know, especially the fifth step when you actually like write it down and you talk to the person about it, um, that there's something about just, you know, opening up about this stuff that you never talk about. Um, and, and it's, I don't know, it's just, there's a, there's a freedom there. And, um, so that was, that's just how I experienced, um, this program, like how, how it really works for me. It all starts there with just saying, wow, I'm a mess and I need help. And then allowing my higher power to, you know, to take over that, that part that is so messy. And it just starts to change little by little. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Deborah P. Sherry KB, you're next. Good morning, Melanie. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry KB in Northern California, Grateful Recovered Compulsive Reader. Thank you for your service and uh, love hearing all this on the line today. Um, you know, I am I've been listening along and reading along as people have been talking, and you know, I just want to jump and say a few things here about. Uh, these paragraphs, and the first thing that comes up is recovery from alcoholism has manifested itself among us in many different forms. So what that tells me is that, you know, I I can have a different experience than you, and we're just all on the same broad highway uh, trying to reach the same destination, but we can have different journeys to get there. And that's what I love about this program. And then, you know, I love that, you know, they wrote in here, gee, you know, we made a mistake. You know, not everybody has to have a religious experience, uh, a sudden nature of sudden spectacular upheaval in order to recover. That's what they're saying in the second sentence. And the third sentence that I got out is, in order to recover, we must acquire an immediate and overwhelming God consciousness, followed by at once by a vast change in feeling and outlook. And for me, that's talking about our new design for living. Um, for me, it means that I work the steps, that I get out of my higher power's way, I let God run the show, not the Sherry show, and I stay working in steps 10, 11, and 12. And um, for an example, I just got on what they call the 10, 11-step train um, where I'm doing a nightly review on step 11. And, you know, I, I am, I'm feeling my spiritual fitness um, being worked out, <laughs> and it's wonderful, and I'm just so grateful for it um, that, you know, and here it says the educational variety developed slowly over a period of time, and for me, that's kind of what's happened for me. In other words, like, I just, some days I do have spiritual days that are amazing. Other days I'm down in the rabbit hole, but the difference is, is that on those rabbit hole days is that I know where to go for help. I know how to ask for help now where I was trying to do it all by myself. And I can't do this program all by myself. And, um, oops, I didn't have myself on a timer. Ah. Um, anyhow, um, and then down here when it says that, you know, that that a profound alteration in his reaction to life and such a change could hardly have been brought about by by himself, that means I can't do this by myself. If I want to change, I can't do this by myself. Um, and then it says here, it took a few months. Tell them how we accomplished by years of self-discipline. And to me, that means we go through the steps pretty quickly in this book. We we take a few months to get through this this work, um, doing the steps so that we can do go out and help other people and, and be of service to other people. And one thing I wanted to add, too, is that, you know, for years I heard that 10, 11, and 12 were maintenance steps. Time. 
Thank you. And for the first time on this line is when I heard, no, they're growing stuff. It helped me to continue to grow. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sherry KB. And time allows for two more shares, so that would be Jody EQ and, and Lauren S. Jody, would you go first, please? Yes, this is Jody EQ. Thank you, Melanie. Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater in California. Yes, a profound alteration in his reaction to life is the result of the work that we do here. And whether it happens very, very quickly or suddenly or over time doesn't matter so much as as that it happens. Uh, a profound alteration in my reaction to life. Just before I got to OA, my reaction to life was just fear, self-centeredness, self-consciousness, self-absorption. Everybody was out to get me. It was almost a paranoia. I wasn't good enough for anything And now, having worked these steps, there's a confidence, there's a humility in, in my reaction to life. I'm not the best, I'm not the worst. I'm just one more human being, child of God, doing her best to do God's will one day at a time. It also says here that the only thing that is required is willingness honesty, and open-mindedness. Those are the three essentials. If I have those, I don't have to say that I believe in God. We have a wonderful speaker on A Vision for You, and in a way, who's done some podcasts, uh, some special editions for A Vision for You, who talks about his, basically, agnosticism or maybe atheism. And uh, that's Lori C., And I would recommend listening to him if this concept of believing in God is just doesn't sit right with you. It doesn't have to. Uh, We can come up with our own conception of God, as it says in Bill's story. So willingness to believe, open-mindedness, we open our mind, and honesty. These are the three essentials. Nothing more is required for us to make our beginning. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Jody EQ. Lauren S., you will round our meeting out today. Good morning. Thank you. Um, My name is Lauren S. from um, Pennsylvania. I looked up that definition of indispensable um, when it says willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness are the essentials of recovery, but these are indispensable, and uh, it said absolutely necessary. And I feel like this um, journey I've been on the past couple years have showed me that um, these are things that I have to take into my daily life and currently where I'm at is I'm in my amends again I'm more than halfway through and um, this time of going through the steps has been different than the first time where the first time I went through the steps was 
um, just like completely earth shattering and pretty sudden. I felt like our big rush of power each day, um, you know, especially when I adopted a food plan and then started in the work and uh, it was a, it was a very different change from then when I was doing the work before not using the big book. And this time around, I felt these earthquakes shattering my mind, literally opening my mind with each step. But um, I felt like weird spiritual plateaus happen. So I truly am in the educational variety. And um, one of my teachers told me that uh, they had me write in my book, they told me that most of us come to a spiritual awakening by what the book calls the educational variety. That is education through learning about our problem and our solution by experiencing the 12-step process outlined in this book. So, you know, it is it is definitely important for me to know what's wrong with me and um, grasp that in my heart. But uh, I think you know, maybe what they didn't write, which is okay. But for me, it's about my experience um, with the problem and then also with the solution. And the last thing I want to share is when I'm in the work, thoroughly excavating the big book, definitely completely cleanly abstinent, you know, connected to a good, strong fellowship, I feel like I do from experience, experience, experience the change from day one, from step one. And it doesn't just come from the amends or 10, 11, and 12. So that'll pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Lauren S. And that does conclude our meeting today. The official ending of our meeting is at the top of the hour in 10 more minutes, but we do reserve time to greet newcomers and get information on available sponsors for contact. So please stay with us for that. And thank you everyone to who shared this morning. It was a wonderful meeting. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164 and we'll follow that by saying the serenity prayer together if you would like. Regina R, no, I'm sorry, Rocky I, please read page 164, the closing, a, a vision for you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Sure, good morning, can I be heard? Yes. Hello? Oh, okay. Yes. Uh, good morning. Thank you, everybody. Rocky, I recover in Tempe, Arizona. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who's still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely what you have found and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you touch the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.